Welcome to the Get Strong, Lose Weight podcast, where our goal is to help you get strong and lose weight, because we believe that when you feel strong, capable, and confident, you live a better life. Let's get right to it. Hey, Coach. Hey. Hey, Jay. How's it going? <laughs> I am fantastic. So I, I'm Coach Jay. I'm here with Coach Heidi. We are here to talk about stress management and how it is like the secret performance-enhancing drug, right? So this is uh, – we, we had someone ask us a question about Shikari Richardson, and uh, she's, she's basically the sprinter who was really one of the favorites to win the 100-meter uh, for women, and she was banned from the Olympics for smoking weed. And, yeah, you know, so someone asked us, is weed a performance-enhancing drug? And it got us down this path of like stress management and stuff like that. So I thought we'd talk about that today. So um, let's start with that question. Is, is marijuana a performance enhancing drug? <laughs> I mean, I, I think there are times where it can certainly make you feel better and address some symptoms of performance anxiety. But I could not argue that the side effects of marijuana would make you a better athlete. Yeah. So, so my answer you know, is no. So if you're not familiar with the story, like Shikari Richardson, like I said, the favorite for the 100 meter, she uh, she was using marijuana to help her deal with the stress of like, I think her mother had passed recently. Yeah. And it was really more of a stress relief. Um, and it was something that, you know, her test revealed that it was like a month or so before the trials that she, you know, tested positive. And, you know, it really, you know, when you think about when you think about this, like stress relief is something that everybody needs, whether they're a high level sprinter or just a regular person trying to get in great shape. And it's something that you and I, especially over the last sort of year, year and a half, have had to have had to really go deep on. Right. The, Absolutely. The, you'd argue that last year was fairly stressful. Yeah, I would say so. Changing the business model entirely, this whole pandemic thing, yeah, you know, not being able to, life was generally harder than it should have been. You throw in some laughs and yeah, that was a recipe for some, some stress. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot of stress. And then, you know, the, uh, the fires and all the other stuff, there's just so many things that are potentially stressful nowadays that, you know, what you were doing before is not necessarily going to work today. And so, mm -hmm. you know, for both of us, we kind of ran into some, a little bit of a, I don't want to say a brick wall, but like, you know, it, it's, it, you, we started to see the effects of being kind of overstressed and we had to yeah, do some things to kind of sure. manage it. Right. I would say we, we started seeing signs that even though we were comfortable pushing through, our body was, was showing signs that we weren't entirely healthy or we were not 100% of what we could be in terms of how we were taking care of our mind and body and, and little small things kept cropping up. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think, and I think this is the thing, like uh, uh, stress, stress can be good. Right. So, you know, there's there's eustress and then there's distress. Right. So eustress would be something that sort of pushes you just beyond your limit so that you grow and you improve. Right. So think of like, let's say, you know, you're you're doing a deadlift and you 
you know, you lift something that is pretty close to the heaviest you've ever lift lifted, right? Well, if you do that enough, then you will start to get stronger. <laughs> you know, that's that's sort of use stress. And I think we need that as part of our lives. But distress is, you know, something that, you know, maybe is out of our control, but it just kind of brings that sort of fight or flight mechanism. And, and yeah. it's, I think it's hard for sometimes, especially based on what we do, it's hard to distinguish what is distress and what is you stress. And so your body just reacts to everything like it's fight or flight, right? Exactly. And I think also the overall dose of stress is important. Like the use stress is great when it, when it happens, because these are generally, wow, my pen clearly leaked. Um, <laughs> it's generally intermittent, right? You'll have these moments, move on, have these moments, feel safe. It'll be fine. But then you layer in a higher level of distress and it, it becomes a big issue and you can, your body can tolerate less of the use stress before it starts shutting things down. It can tolerate, it might not even tolerate any of it at a certain point when you're, when your other stressors are so high, whether it's lack of sleep, whether it's not enough food, whether it's just life stress and emotional stress, when you get to a certain dose, your body stops accepting the use stress and just like you said, puts you in fight or flight all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it would be useful for us to talk about kind of our own personal experiences with, with stress and how it manifested and then maybe talk about what we're doing to sort of deal with it. Is that yeah. Sound good? Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll ask you, I'll ask you first, like, tell me like, you, you know, over the last year, wh where have you kind of experienced stress and how did that show up for you? Yeah. So over the past year, I think the biggest stressor was the unknown starting into the pandemic, not knowing how we would adjust both in personal life, business life, all of it was, it was a lot of change. And I wouldn't say it was stress that, oh, I'm going to lose my job or something bad's going to happen. But it was a lot of novelty. Yeah, I love learning new things. And so for me, it doesn't even register as like, I'm freaking out all the time, but the novelty in itself becomes a stressor because you're working harder to try to find solutions. And as much as I love doing those things, my body does not love novelty for a year and a half straight. So that was part of it. Yeah. Um, the other side is living in work with a healthcare worker during a pandemic and he's working a weird shift. And so my sleep is off also trying to support him going into work and all of these things that were uncertain when the pandemic first started, it was pretty nerve wracking. Um, being at home more often and noticing that, you know, even going to the grocery store was harder, that sort of thing. I lost a family member, uh, my grandpa passed. So there were a lot of different things that were happening. Meanwhile, I am not a great sleeper. Yeah. So we know that. Uh, I was training significantly more as I came off of uh, or came into the pandemic because we were trying something new at the gym and like I had nothing better to do when we only had one Zoom class a day. I was like, oh, I'll just train more. It'll be fine. Yeah. So the combination, just to summarize, of, of extra training, extra novelty, supporting Alex at home, weird sleep schedule, all of those things kind of coalesced into a big, heavy stress load that I didn't even see as stress or I wasn't sad about it or scared about it. It was just something under the covers. And how did it show up for you? Like what were some of the yeah. things that happened? So, so there were a lot of things that happened. Um, my cycle more 
basically disappeared and I didn't know it because I was on hormone hormonal birth control at the time. I had no idea. Um, it didn't show up until many months later that that had actually occurred much earlier. Secondly, my sleep became really interrupted. So I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up 15, 20 times a night, get up. My mind would be spinning. I just wouldn't get any restless sleep. Mm. Um, and I had no idea that that wasn't just what was going to happen because I, I always thought I could sleep four hours a night and be fine. Yeah. Um, that was a big one. I more often than not would get that 2 PM slump and mm. I always had it and I would just crash even harder. Yeah. So those things, those things all kind of conspired at the same time. And then I found myself overreacting to things. So the biggest thing was a small thing would happen. I saw a meme recently about this. It was like, this guy carrying giant boulders of life stress, this, this, and there's like a crack in the sidewalk. And that's what takes it crumbling. It's the small little <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. So I would, I'd be hyper reactive to things. So I'd be extra emotional or I would get really upset about something stupid. And that's yeah. not my nature. Or I'd wake up feeling like I was trudging through mud every day. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. like, so it was a little bit mood. It was a little bit like your sleep and then you had some like mm-hmm. physical reactions as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. My body was just giving me signs that I was not totally healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, when I think back in the last year, there's a lot of reasons why there's stress, but you know, in, in all of, you know, if you're listening, I'm sure you all have reasons behind, you know, what stresses you out as yeah. well, but where it shows up for me or where it showed up is first in my mood. Like I just wasn't like happy about stuff and it wasn't like yeah. things were bad. It just, I just didn't have the energy to be happy. Right. And then, so that was, that was one. So I would show up, you know, exactly a little more like cranky in the meetings or, you know, it would take more to kind of get me up and running. And then uh, you know, the second one was, yeah, I would wake up in the middle of the night randomly. Um, and I, you know, I'd be up for an hour. I would generally go back to sleep, but like, you know, I don't usually do that. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I would find that because of the, those two things, I'd have to drink more coffee during the day to sort of keep my energy higher and my motivation just kind of really dipped. Right. So I, I had kind of similar similar types of like kind of reactions and it didn't take, it, it, it took me a little while to realize that there was something wrong beyond just being like tired. Right. Something like, yeah, maybe there's a cumulative effect of what's going on. Right. It's hard when it's not as measurable, right? Like yeah. it's, it's not black and white. There is an indication. There is a big problem. It's the spectrum. And you're like, maybe I feel just kind of junky. Maybe, Oh, I don't know. It's easy to be in denial about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing is like everyone experiences this stuff differently. And you know, for some people, this is like these symptoms that we're describing, this is like nothing. (laughs) Right. Um, But I think when you have gone through some of the, some of the journey that we've gone through in terms of your health and, you know, changing your environment and stuff, and you know what feeling amazing is like, then you want to always have that feeling, <laughs> right? And you know what this reminds me of? 
after eating really well for a long time, I have Taco Bell now and I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. But before I used to be able to eat it every single day with no issue. Yeah. And so like you want to go back to that baseline of feeling amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and so you get to be really hyper aware of like when you don't feel amazing, right? It's not an excuse, but it's more just like, okay, I don't feel the way I want to feel like I'm feeling off. Yeah. And so I think both of us kind of recognized it separately as like stress, <laughs> right? So, so let's talk about like what kind of things that you did to sort of mitigate it. So what, what are some of the things yeah. you did to, to sort of improve the situation for you? Yeah, there are a few things. Uh, so one of those underlying stressors is potentially not eating enough or not getting enough nutrition. So I was extra mindful to eat more. Uh, that was actually a really big deal, uh, for me personally. Uh, secondly, adjusting training and the, the volume of training and the expectation training to mobilize has been more my norm recently because I swung the pendulum really far into stress. And so I have to swing it back a significant way. So I had to make some pretty significant training uh, changes yeah. as well. So it's so really training to to kind of manage that low level stress on my body as much as I love to do it. It just wasn't responding well to anything longer, stuff yeah. like that. A great example. I did a third of Murph and that actually was too much for me. So scaling back even further than that. Yeah. Um, and it's temporary. It's until I can swing this pendulum back to where I need it to be. Um, I, here's a big one. I don't know how you're going to feel about this when I quit coffee because it turns out uh, I one is not enough. <laughs> and like I, I would have coffee throughout the day, but in addition, it'll spike your cortisol, especially if you have coffee before you eat. So I actually quit that to, to see if one, I could have less overall low lying stress through the day, but two, if it would improve my sleep. So that was another big strategy for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been uh, considering quitting coffee again recently. Um, so some of the things that I did, I did personally is um, I quit alcohol, right? So I haven't had alcohol for a while because I found the recovery was starting to starting to be really tough. Um, I paid a lot more attention to my sleep quality. I, I To me, because, you know, we talked a little bit about cortisol here, like you can measure your cortisol levels, but like cortisol isn't and, and cortisol is sort of like the stress hormone. Right. But it's not always bad. Right. You do want some cortisol. It's just that when it's constantly elevated, then you then it creates problems. You can measure that stuff, but throughout the day it changes. Right. And so it's pretty mm -hmm. tough to sort of measure it to a way that where you can make meaningful change to it. So I took other ways of measuring. So I started looking at my sleep, like we're using the, the whoop, which we've talked about before. Right. So like measuring the sleep and it measures your sleep length, it measures your sleep quality, et cetera. Right. And I was finding that I was getting five hours of meaningful sleep a night, even when I tried to get more and it just isn't enough. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, they say that there's a certain percentage of people that can live on six hours of sleep or less. But I honestly I honestly don't I don't think I'm one of them. And I don't think anybody that I know is is one of them. Not not if you have these other low lying stresses, not not in the example of you wanting to actually train at capacity. Yeah. 
So it's I not used, manageable. I used I use sleep as like the measure. I'm like, okay, if my sleep improves, then I know I'm going to feel better overall. So how do I improve my sleep? So first thing yeah. I did was give up alcohol, right? Second thing I did was, you know, I looked at my kind of workouts, like the volume and intensity of the workouts. And I said, you know, I like working at high intensity, but there's a certain level. If I do high intensity every day, then it hurts me. <laughs> right. So I started to pay attention to like, what was the intensity of the workout versus my sleep that night or the night afterwards. Right. And I would ratchet it down and I would take like a few more rest days. I go for a walk instead of doing a high intensity workout. Right. Um, I actually found that if I took, so immediately when I noticed the stress, I was like taking a bunch of days off and I was like watching Netflix and stuff like that. That honest, that actually didn't help. <laughs> um, sitting around and doing nothing doesn't make the stress go away. Right. Yep. Um, so I found that like kind of making sure that I move every day, but do it in a way that, uh, you know, kind of meters it like rest days, I would do a walk and then regular days I would do the regular stuff. I think that really helped a lot. Um, and one thing I was eating fairly low carbohydrate and that tends to spike your cortisol. So I started adding carbohydrates in sort of later in the day. And I found that like just having like an apple and a banana before bed, I was sleeping so much better. Right. So I started kind of doing that. I still eat fairly low carb because I mostly get my carbs from fruits and vegetables but uh, yeah. it, it helps. It helps tremendously. So, yeah, so, upping the fruits and vegetables helped a lot too. So, totally. Fun fact: I just want to. I always want to drop in these menopause knowledge bombs in here. Uh, this is another good reason yeah, this why is exactly keto. What I need to menopause knowledge. Yeah, bombs. totally. But <laughs> keto and low carb. The point is that keto and super low carb can have an impact on your hormones, and those impact everything. So, if you're already in a state either of high stress or you're having some hormonal weirdness because you're postmenopausal or perimenopausal, or you're just a woman in general and you have weird hormones, low carb can be really, really hard on you. So yeah. 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 Low carb is, is tough for, for females. I think also intermittent fasting can be tougher for, yep. for females. As your, well. your body basically thinks it's starving and it will bump your cortisol and you'll feel mentally alert, but it also, it raises that stress. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, made those, those kind of tweaks to my nutrition and actually started kind of like you said, I started not worrying as much about the quantity of food and more focusing on just having more quality food until I was satisfied. Right. Yeah. I still focus on eating, you know, enough protein and things like that, but uh, but I but I tend to I tend to eat a lot more carbs than I used to. Interestingly, I will say though, just getting more sugar really killed my sleep. Like not not great for sleep, right? Sugar is not not a great fuel for your body. It actually spikes some inflammation. So processed sugar, of yeah. course, like things that we we see as treats, those can can hurt you in terms of inflammation, leading to more stress on your body. Yeah. And that totally. was like any, that was like any kind of artificial sweetener at all. Like whether it was, yeah. whether it was like monk fruit sweetener or, you know, stevia or anything like that, like it all had the same effect. Like if I had that in the evenings, then I didn't sleep as well. Whereas if I had Crazy. some natural 
you know, sugars like, like in fruits, then my sleep would improve. So, so yeah. And what I've noticed recently, just making some of these changes is that just paying attention to that one metric, which is my sleep. It, I mean, it just consistently like my heart, heart rate variability, which is the, what the whoop measures is consistently much higher than it was six months ago. Yeah. And just my energy level is much higher as well. So I think that's, that's a great point to, to talk about. Yeah. You can measure your cortisol, but really it's the symptoms that you're trying to improve that are going to be the indicator. Am I in a better space? Am I healthier? Because that snapshot in time, like your cortisol could be spiked because you've had three cups of coffee. It could be spiked because you just did something scary. It could be spiked because you haven't eaten yet. Who knows? But if over time, the trend of the things that show your body is working good as a whole is improving, you're better. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple other things that I, I tend to go to when there's stress. Um, so having a shutdown time where there's no devices, mm-hmm. um, I think that was, you know, over the last year, I think that might have been a higher contributor to stress than anything is just spending so much time in front of the devices. And so having a shutdown time was really helpful for me. So now it's just like, you know, after 7 p.m. or so, um, and I'm not always perfect about this, but after 7 p.m., it's, you know, I'm reading a book or, you know, playing my guitar or whatever um, and not not working, not watching, you know, videos, you know, even watching basketball, I've been kind of avoiding because that tends to like, again, to measuring my sleep, the closer I get to bedtime watching the device, my sleep uh, decreases. Right. Have you yep. found that at all? Or have you, have you not tried to? Oh, totally. That? So I've been really bad at the text detox. It is one of my biggest stressors still because people know where to find me and I'm always pulled in all directions and I consume content and all of the things. So that's really challenging for me, but I do wear blue blocking glasses first off to make sure that I'm not totally frying my eyeballs with light before I go to bed so that my body knows it's time to sleep. Um, And then I do try to be at least lights off by 10 or 1030 because it's that power hour window for me that if I go past that, my sleep is really bad. But if I can go lights out at 10, I'm really good. 9.45, I'm the best. 10.30, I'm still pretty damn good. 11, I, it's garbage. I sleep like garbage. Yeah, definitely like improving the um, improving the, the, the time you go to bed. Like, you know, that the H, what is it? Human growth hormone. Not like your, your body produces growth hormone between between, natural PED. Yes. That's another natural PD. Your body produces the most growth hormone between uh, 10 PM and 2 AM. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a factor, like be in bed by 10 PM so that you can take it. Right. The last thing that I always find works is breath work, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've done meditation and I think it helps, but like breath work, like I can actually watch my heart rate, you know, before I do the breath work. And then after I do it, I can, my heart rate will drop about five to 10 beats per minute. Right. So something like the Wim Hof breathing or, you know, I mean, any kind of, any kind of breathing. Now, the one thing about breath work, especially if you do something like Wim Hof doing it can be a little bit stressful, right? Like it, you know, it, it, it does raise your heart rate while you're doing it, but then it kind of relaxes it. 
but I look at it as a little more like eustress <laughs> rather than distress. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree on the breath work. I try to work on like nose in, mouth out or nose in, slower exhale, or on the, the line of meditation, less of a kind of woo woo meditation. I like to do breath work and like the body relaxation. So you start with your toes yeah. and then you let it go. And then you try to notice like your ankles and your calves and you let it go. Yep. By the time I get through a few body parts, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and a really easy way to put this into practice rather than having like a separate breath work practice is if you feel like you're a little bit higher stress, the next time you go to the gym, just breathe through your nose, right? Yeah. Like, you know, stop breathing through your mouth and it will like it will limit how hard you can go. And because you're breathing through your nose, it kind of stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system. And so like you tend to relax a little more while you're working out, you still get a lot of the same benefits, but you're able to kind of recover from it a little bit faster because you're not kind of burning yourself out. Yeah. You manage the stress load coming in and you're, you're helping. Yeah. Yeah. You may want to like clean out your nose first before you do that. Just, just a warning. It does get easier though. If you can breathe through your nose for the first few minutes, your nasal passages will open up. So if you feel like you're a snorer or have allergies, it's a good thing to try. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think what we really wanted to get to here is like, you know, stress is real, right? Like you can, you can grind as much as you want, but at a certain point it does catch up to you. And depending on where you are, you might need to keep grinding through that to, to get to where you want to be, but you're actually going to work better as a human. And as an athlete, if you figure out ways to manage it so that it doesn't overcome you. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise you, you get to a point when you actually do want to perform a great example, as we mentioned, um, Shakari is like, you get to a point and everything's building, building, building. You're going through this super stressful time and then it comes time to perform and you know your body's not working at peak. If you want your body to be peak or want to get back to that feeling great all the time, you have to put some investment into into addressing the little stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we'll put some links below to, you know, the Whoop and, you know, Wim Hof and a few other things so that if you have some, uh, if you need some resources to help manage your stress, then you can do that. But uh, if it, if listening to this, you have additional questions about like, oh, I'm just feeling the stress. I've tried all these things that they, they didn't work. Like, how would people reach out to you to, to find out more? Super easy. Shoot me an email, Heidi at HaleFitness.com. That's probably the, the simplest, quickest way to get an answer. Find me in class. Um, and of course, we'll post some links and we always have more content coming out. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time today. And uh well, let's, you know, let's keep managing our stress, right? So when you're done with this, shut down your device and go read a book <laughs> or come join us at the gym and do some nasal breathing while you yeah. work out. So yeah, if you ever want to nerd out on breathing, find me in the gym. We'll do it. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. Have a great day. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Living Better Podcast. For more info or notes about the show, head on over to CrossFitHale.com slash podcast. See you next time.